Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the second morning service of Saturday the 18th of February 2012, entitled Survey on Bible Prophecy Part 2. And the Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 to 12. Here's Brother Brian Beaver. Look at Matthew chapter 24. We'll pick up our reading in verse number uh, verse number 5. <clears throat> verse number 5. It says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, thinking about that, I, I, you know, somebody said, well, preacher, if, if, if he is revealed after the rapture of the church, um, you know, why is it, I mean, it already seems bad enough. Amen? I mean, we, we look at the day's society, and you don't have to look too far or read the newspaper too much to realize that it's pretty tough. That's some tough times we live in. But listen, young people, I want you to hold your place there and turn over back to our text from last night. I want to show you something. Second Thessalonians chapter number 2. Second Thessalonians chapter number 2. And I want you to look down at verse number 4. Um, in verse number 3, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Verse 4 says, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what, what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now letteth will let. Now your Bible might not, not, may not say letteth. It might say hinder or something to that effect. But basically, young people, the reason why it's going to get worse is because when the church is raptured out of here, let me ask you a question. When you get saved, what happens? The Holy Spirit of God comes and indwells your body, all right? You are the temple of God. So when the church is raptured, when the church is taken out of here, the Holy Spirit of God, which is the restrainer, okay? He's the one that's withholding, and He's the one that's hindering the actual mystery of iniquity, just full force, the spirit of Antichrist is going, and just absolutely wickedness. The only thing that's withholding that from happening is, the, is we're here. When we're taken out, it's going to be terrible, okay? So that man of sin is going to be revealed. The Holy Spirit's gone because the church is gone, all right? Now, the Holy Spirit will work in, in people's lives. It goes all the way back to the way it worked in the Old Testament days, the, uh, the dispensation of what they called law, uh, the Mosaic time. And that was the Holy Spirit came on people to do certain tasks. The Holy Spirit didn't indwell believers back then. It was only after the day of Pentecost, all right? So... The Holy Spirit's going to go back because, listen, we don't have time to go into it, but Daniel, if you read Daniel chapter number 12, it talks about his 70 weeks, all right? The 70 weeks are 70 weeks of seven years, so it's 490 years. What we look on a timeline, if you were to look at it, we don't have time to do that, 483 years of that has already been fulfilled. From the time of the going forth, the rebuilding of the, the, the city of Jerusalem, till the prince comes, that was the day of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, is 483 years. Now, if you say, well, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a rocket scientist, but 490 minus 483 leaves seven years. Well, guess what Daniel's 70th week is? It's that, it's that period of time. Here, hold on a minute. 
It's that period of time. Okay. Okay. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It'll come on sooner or later. That seven-year period is Daniel's 70th week. So what basically you could look at it is God is dealing with the nation of Israel. Okay? Now, He made promises to Israel. Four of them, basic, four, four major covenants or promises that God made with the nation of Israel that are unconditional. It means that Israel has to do nothing for this to happen. Number one, the, what they call the Abrahamic covenant. Then you have the Davidic covenant. Then you have the Palestinian covenant, and you got the new covenant. Now, those four covenants basically deal with land, inheritance. They deal with the throne. The Davidic covenant deals with the throne. Palestinian covenant and the new covenant. The new covenant deals with the national redemption of the nation of Israel. The Bible says in Romans that Israel will be saved as in a day. Okay? That doesn't mean that every person that is a Jew will be saved, but they'll have their national redemption back and they'll be a, listen, a, they're, they're God's chosen people. Okay? So the church is not Israel and Israel's not the church. Okay? Just understand that. All right? The covenants weren't made to us as a church, but thank God we are benefactors of those promises. Amen? Okay, so that seven years is the 70th week of Daniel. Now, the reason I'm saying all that is because of what's going to take place in that seven years. There's going to be judgments that are poured upon, poured upon the earth. The seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven vials or bowls. Okay, those judgments are poured out upon the earth to, listen, that's the wrath of God upon the people who have basically said, we don't want to have nothing to do with you. Those that have sat in church and been in church but not in Christ. How many people do we know like that? How many, I wonder how many people that go to church day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and never know the love of the truth. They've heard it, but yet they say, you know what, I'm a good moral person. You know, there's a reason why the Bible calls the gospel sometimes a mystery. The mystery of the gospel. You want to know why? Because it is a mysterious thing to a person who's sitting in church who's basically basing their salvation on good works, and on tithing, and on everything else. It's a mystery to them that you don't have to do anything to inherit eternal life except receive the gift that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's pretty mysterious to a lot of people. Because we got a lot of folks that we encounter, don't we, Brother Dave, that think you got to do something to get to heaven. I mean, we, there's got to be something that I can do. Listen, if you had anything to do with salvation, you'd mess it up. Yep. Because we make a mess of things, don't we? But Jesus Christ don't. He does all things well. And so I want you to look at, back at Matthew chapter number 24 and look at verse 5. Understand that man of sin will be revealed. The Holy Spirit's gone. The spirit of Antichrist will be working in full force. All right? And he's going to sign a peace treaty for, with Israel for he, he, what he's going to say is a period of seven years, but in that middle, middle of that peace treaty, three and a half years in the middle of it, he's going to break it, and he's going to set himself up as God in the temple. Now, I don't have time to go into this, but this is an amazing study about the city of Jerusalem. Do you know that I talked to a Jewish rabbi who said that he believed, and he, he showed me through the Scripture, that we've always heard that the Garden of Eden, you know, the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were, some of y'all still looking at me like a deer in headlight. Eden, Eden, I've heard that somewhere. The Garden of Eden, guess what? He says 
that the Garden of Eden is where the Temple Mount is in Jerusalem. Guess what? In, in, listen, in Ezekiel chapter 28, guess what? Listen, when he talks about Lucifer, who was created, all right, guess what? He was created in his day in the mountain of God. He was, listen, in Eden, all right, the mountain of God. Well, guess what they call Jerusalem? And listen, another word for, in the Bible for, for Jerusalem is Zion or the mountain of God. I don't have time to go into this, but you know what? Where sin began is one day going to be taken care of. See, a lot of people say, well, I thought the Tigris and Euphrates River, that's where the, 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 the Garden of God was. No, if you'll read Genesis chapter 2, it says that there was a river. Guess this, river coming out of the garden, and it dispersed into four different rivers. The Pishon, the Gion, the Euphrates, and the Tigris. Now, listen, that was before the flood. Guess what? The flood happened. What happens when the flood takes place? Everything else is dispersed. Guess what? Those rivers were dispersed in all other parts of, the, of, of that region. But you know what, folks? I believe that where sin began in the Garden of Eden and where the Temple Mount is, is the very place where it all began and where it all will end, in the city of Jerusalem. Now, I don't have time to prove all that through the Scripture, but if you want to meet me afterwards, we can have a cup of tea and we can talk about it, all right? But look at verse number 6. Well, before you do that, turn over to Matthew, I mean, Revelation chapter number 13, and I'll show you some things about this lawless one, the, 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 the revealed Antichrist in, Revela in Revelation chapter number 13. Verse number 1, it says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon the horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemies. Now, I want you to look up at me. If you think, if you read this, it says, I, st I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. All right? Now, if you think that's Godzilla, you know, rising up and going, no, you know, that is not what that is. Okay? Understand this, that it says a beast out of the sea. Turn over to Revelation 17. I want to show you something. Look at Revelation chapter 17 and look at verse number 15. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So, this is not a mystical book. If you just want to know what it says, you just got to read and study a little bit. Alright, so God reveals to us what this means. So this is a person coming out of the multitudes, out of the nations, if you will. Anytime, young people, that you see the beast of the sea, there's two actually mentioned in the book of Revelation. The beast of the sea and the beast of the earth. Alright? The beast of the sea is the Antichrist because he comes from the Gentile nations, the multitudes. But anytime the word earth is used, it's always talking about the nation of Israel. So there's a beast out of the sea, which means coming from the Gentile nations, the multitudes of people, but there's also a beast of the earth, which comes from Israel, which is the false prophet. Hello? Do you know that the, the devil has a trinity too? Because he's a deceiver. He's going to emulate and he's going to try to... Listen, counterfeit everything that God is. There's the dragon or Satan, the beast, and the false prophet. So young people, listen. He said, I saw a beast, a person coming out of the multitude of nations who had a beast-like countenance. He was fierce. He ruled with a rod, not of iron, but of clay and iron and steel. N listen, no mercy. And look at what it says. 
said, Rise up out of the sea or out of the multitudes of people, having seven heads and ten horns. You say, Now, whoa, hold on a minute. Seven heads, ten horns? I mean, is this Lord of the Rings or something? You know, I mean, what is this? I want you to turn back over to Revelation 17. Look at this now. It says that he had seven heads and ten horns. Look at Revelation 17 and look at verse number 9. Here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Now basically what he's saying is he had seven heads or this was the empire from which the Antichrist would come and rule from the empire. Do you understand, young people, that today there is a city called Rome? And you know what? You know what they call the city of Rome? City on seven hills. By the way, off of one of those hills in 1957, the United States of Europe or the EU, the European Union, signed a treaty where they all came together the first time six nations met. Now there's 27 of them. By the way, 24 of those 27 nations made up the Roman Empire that are instituted today. It's called the United States of Europe. They have a one world system. Got more world money. Y'all ever, you know what? Euro don't even look real, does it? It look like Monopoly money, don't it? You say, well, preacher, where are you going? I'm trying to show you something that he will. Since, listen, look down at verse number 10. There are seven kings. Okay, looks, listen to this. There are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come, and when he cometh, he must continue short spaced. Now, let's look at me. It said there's five kings, listen, it's the seven kings, five are fallen. Listen, before, and listen, when this was written, Paul, I mean, uh, 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 John wrote this book, Revelation, in around 94 AD. Who was, what was the ruling empire in the day in which he wrote this book? The Roman Empire. Okay? He said five kings are fallen. There were five civilizations or empires that fell before the, the Roman Empire. There was Egypt, there was Assyria, there was Babylon, and there was uh, Medo-Persia, and then there was Greece, all right? Then the Roman Empire came into existence, but guess what? It wasn't destroyed, but it got divided in 479 A.D. But guess what? It's come back together today. Do you understand, young people, that 24 of the 27 nations in the United States of Europe made up the Re Roman Empire in that day? <laughs> 24 of the 27, Romani are already together now, and it's called the United States of Europe. This is where that king, that king of fierce countenance is going to come from. You say, preacher, where are you going with this? I want you to look down at chapter number 17 and look at verse number Look at verse number 11. The beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth. He's the one and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. That means he's going to be a man that is lawless. He's going to be one that is sinful. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. Look down at verse number 16. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these, made, uh, these shall hate the whore, or that ecumenical movement, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. May I say this? The Antichrist will rule from those ten nations for a space of 42 months. Revelation chapter number 13. 42 months equates to three and a half years. Now, young people, you know what? We've got all these conferences in this day about global warming, global warming, global warming, global warming. They should have been with me in Paris last Tuesday. 
It was 17 degrees Fahrenheit all day long. It snowed while we were at the Eiffel Tower. You know what I wanted to say? Where's global warming now? Now the world talks about global warming, but can I give you a global warning? Can I give you a global warning? There's one coming, and if you don't trust Christ, let me tell you something, you will believe his lie. You know, there's some people that's got some craftiness about them and it's got some deceptive ability to make people believe what they say. I mean, they can do it not even blink. I've known people that if they couldn't, listen, if they didn't have no teeth, they'd lie through their gums. You ever people say they lie through their teeth? They'd lie through their gums. But you know what? There's coming one that's going to be energized by Satan himself. And he will. He will deceive the nations. You say, well, preacher, why does that, what's that got to do with the, with, with the end times? Because, folks, I believe in the day and age in which we live, we just saw all of these nations are coming together. Everything is coming into a one world order, one world government. I heard somebody say they've come out with a new deodorant. They've come out with a new deodorant. It's going to be put on the market in about another year. It's called New World Odor. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't get that anyway. But you know, some significant things happened in 1948 that had to happen. Guess what one of them was? In 1948, Israel became a sovereign nation again. But I, I, listen, two other things happened. In 1948, for the first time, those that called themselves the European Union met for the first time in 1948. Now, they did not become an organization until 1957, but they met. Six countries met in 1948. In 1948, listen, a, a group of 15 countries and churches came together and formed the World Council of Churches. If you know anything about that movement, I'm telling you, it is as corrupt as anything on the face of the earth. Anything. Now you say, why you say that? Because you know what? If you're not careful, you will trust religion and not a relationship. This thing about Jesus Christ is not religion. It's a relationship. Now young people, why is all of this important? We'll turn back to Matthew 24 and I'm going to show you. I don't have a whole lot of time, so you just listen fast as I preach fast, all right? <laughs> Matthew chapter 24, look at verse number 6. There'll be deception... But look at this, young people. It says, ye shall hear. Ye shall hear. Correct me if I'm wrong, Panos, but that word hear is the Greek word which means a reverberation, a kuo. It means to reverberate out, outward. Like you're going to hear all over the place of what? Wars and rumors of wars. Do you understand where we're living today, young people? What's going on in the world? Do you understand on 25 Nations on the soil of 25 nations today, there's conflict going on. Civil unrest everywhere. Wars and rumors of wars. What else does it say? Look at it. See ye that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Look at verse 7. For nation shall rise against nation. Boy, what in the world? Here Jesus says this. Almost, listen, almost 2,000 years ago. And he says, there's going to come a day, and if you want to know the sign of my coming in the end of the world, Brother Leonard, he said, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars, nations shall rise against nation. Now, here again, the New Testament is translated in Greek. I'm not trying to impress you. I don't know Greek. I didn't take it in school. It took me, okay? <laughs> I did not take it in. I thought I was going to have to shoot my way out of that class. I did. I was like, get back. 
Just give me a passing grade. Man, it was, t I'm telling you, that's the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life is learn Greek. I didn't learn it. I mean, you know, I know a little Greek and a little Hebrew. One owns a restaurant, the other a clothing store. Amen. That's what I tell people anyway. I, I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. But listen, the Greek word, nation shall rise against nation. Help me out, Eleni. It's the Greek word ethnos. I think we get our English word ethnic from it. So you know what? It's not a nation rising against a nation like Iraq against the United States, Iran against Israel. No, it's talking about ethnic group against ethnic group. Hello. When have you ever seen a day where ethnic group is fighting so much against another ethnic group? And you want to know where it's coming from, Tim? That is from the devil. It says in the last days, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. Nation shall rise against nation. Let me tell you something. Listen to me, young people. It doesn't matter what color, what race, what ethnicity you are. If you've trusted Christ, you bleed red just like I do. There ain't but one race, and that's the human race. And if you've trusted Christ, you're my brother or my sister in the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter. Red, yellow, black, or white. All are precious in His sight. God loves the little children of the world. But you know where that's coming from? It's coming from the enemy, the great deceiver, in that last day. Now, you're going to, I'm getting ready to make an abrupt right hand turn here in a minute, and I'm going to show you something based upon what we're reading. It's going to boggle your mind. Okay? So there's going to be deception, but there's going to be destruction. You say, Preacher, what do you mean? Nation's going to rise against nation. And then it says, Kingdom less against kingdom. You know what that means? That means land boundaries. That means there's going to be kingdoms come against kingdoms. There's going to be fighting all over this place is what it's going to say. Look at verse number 7 again. And it says, And you shall, there shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in divers places or various places. Do you know there are people starving and dying of starvation right now as we sit here in this room at the rate of about five an hour? Do you know in North Korea, now North Korea hardly ever let news reporters or television or cameras into their country because they are as red and as socialist as you can get. They are as communist, communist. They don't want nobody to know what they're doing. Okay? They, about six years ago, allowed television crews to come in and show their people starving because they didn't know what to do. They wanted some food. They wanted somebody to come to their aid. They wanted a little compassion. Amazing, isn't it? But you know what, young people? There are people starving all over, the, all over the earth right now. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? It says in the end times, there's going to be famines unparalleled to anything we've seen. You know, it's bad when in the city of Jerusalem, back in the days of Zedekiah, that it got so bad, they encamped. Listen, the Babylonian Empire... Romani encamped around the city of Jerusalem and they snuffed them out. They said, we're going to snuff them out. We're not going to let any water in, not going to let any food in. And you know what they began to do after about two months? They began to eat their own. you got to be pretty desperate to eat your own child. I wonder what it's going to be like less in the tribulation. Now, I'm, I'm not going to that passage, but you know what it says? If you don't take the mark, now, I don't know what the mark really is. I mean, a lot of people have speculated. It's going to be in your forehead or, in, you know, in your for, in your forehead or on your hand, and it's going to be a mark. Two years ago, I was, we had never been to Paris. Seth went with us last year. We got off the train, walked up. I, listen, I, I can speak enough Spanish to get me in trouble 
and to get me around a city that's Spanish-speaking. But French, you forget it. Parlez-vous, huh? You know, I'm like, I don't know any French. But you know what? We were in that city, and I got into this little book, this little book uh, store, and I, I was going to ask somebody, and she spoke broken English, but I said, can I get a map of the city? Got a map, looked at it for just a little bit, and then we left out of the bookstore. Well, you don't, you, de- you never go out the same way you go in. You just can't walk out that door. You had to go all the way through the bookstore and go out the back through this alley. So we're walking back through there, and I saw a guy at a counter there. This was just last year, folks. At a counter, he had a stack of books, and he didn't, and I mean this, he did not have a card, he didn't have anything, but he ran his hand under a scanner. I'm talking just like that. This was in a bookstore in Paris last year. I saw it in my own eyes. And do you know what? There'll come a day where if you don't believe Jesus Christ, you will believe the Antichrist. And you want to know why? It's because you'll get so desperate for food, you won't have nothing to eat, and you can't buy nothing or sell nothing unless you got that mark. You will take it. And if you don't, you'll lose your head. In the last days, there's going to be wars, rumors of wars. Nation rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, pestilences. That means diseases that cannot be reversed. AIDS? Hello? Ebola? Have y'all ever read anything about Ebola? I mean, Shelly just got back from Kenya. They're going again this spring, or this summer, I believe it is. What is it, June? Is it June? Going to Kenya. Do you know people? There are people that are dying of Ebola, and guess what? What AIDS takes 10 years to do, it takes 10 days for Ebola to do the same thing. You wait till people start, listen, start having diseases and, and, and things that are irreversible. Folks, it's going to be bad. But that's what's going to take place in the end times. What's the sign of you coming? What's the end of the world? There's going to be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. I said it last night. There have been more earthquakes in the last five years than the last 50 before that put together. There have been more. Listen to this. There have been more earthquakes in the last five years, over six on the Richter scale, than there has been in the last 300. Why is that? Because we're getting closer to the coming of Jesus. Look down at verse number 8. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. That literally means they're the beginning of birth pains. Young ladies have not, I don't think, any of you have given birth yet. Just found out that Amber's with child, and praise God for that. Amber Dawes, Panos' wife. And, and, but, you know, there's not many in here, I don't, I don't think there's any, that have given birth yet. But you know what? It says this is the beginning of sorrows, the birth pains. You know what? When you begin birth pains, it may not mean you're going to have a baby in the next five minutes, but it means it's coming. <laughs> Amen? The baby's coming. The birth pains start. I remember my wife was pregnant with Hannah. But but it didn't take long for me to realize she was ready to deliver because she elbowed me so hard in the side, she went, We gotta get to the hospital! I'm dying! I knew it was coming. Man, I rolled up in that hospital, man. I got out the car when I rolled in there. I said, Hey, my wife's having a baby. The lady behind the counter said, Great, where's she at? I said, Oh, I left her in the car. I was so nervous. Man, I didn't know what to do. (laughs) 
But you know what? You know what Jesus was saying? All of these things that you see, Les, are the beginning of the birth pains. It may not mean that he might come in the next five minutes, but when those birth pains start, young ladies, that baby's coming. Jesus is coming. Look at verse number 9. Then shall they deliver you up. Now, who's he talking to? Listen, in context, who are we talking about? He's talking, Jesus is talking to who? The disciples. What ethnicity are the disciples? Jewish. Listen to this now. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations, ethnos, of me, for my sake, for my name's sake. So he says, basically, you know what? You're going to see deception. You're going to see destruction. But can I say this? There's going to be a time when you're going to see persecution unparalleled to anything we've seen. You know, I don't think we know anything about persecution. When I talked to a pastor from mainland China, a national pastor who got saved under Watchman Nee, let me tell you something. This guy's whole family has been converted because of him. He spent 10 years in prison for preaching the gospel in his nation, in his country. Now listen, young people. This guy had a daughter that was 10 years old 10 years old when he went into prison. When he got out, she's already married and already had the first grandchild, and he never got to see that, never got to see her get married, never got to see her have his, fir have his first grandchild for doing nothing more, Leonard, than what I'm doing this morning. What's it going to take for you to love Jesus? If the persecution comes, what if somebody came into this building and said, you know what, I want all of you to stand still, and they had a, they had a guy back there with an with a, with a, with a automatic weapon to guard the door, and they came in and they looked at each and every one of you and said, you know what, if you don't denounce your faith in Christ, going to put a bullet right through your head. If you don't denounce your faith in Christ, going to put a bullet right through your head. I wonder what we would do. Boy, that really starts separating the sheep from the goats, don't it? Yep. You shall be delivered up and killed and hated for my name's sake. You want to know what? We're getting ready to go out into the lion's den. It ain't, listen, there will be altercations sometimes, but you know what? Keep a smile on your face and the love of God in your heart. And you know what? Just weep for them. They don't know. And it's not because, listen, they, some of them have never even heard before. We need to have, you know what I've heard it said, you know, Daniel in the lion's den? We, you know what? We need to be some people that would be like a lion in a den of Daniels. We need some Daniels that'll stand up when everybody else is bowing down. Look at verse number 11 and I'll be done. And you shall, and many false prophets, or look at verse 10. And then shall many be offended for, and shall betray one another, and shall be, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. You know what we're going to see less and less of in the last days? Is devotion. Devotion. Get cold hearted. It ain't worth it. Nobody's getting saved. I witnessed in my whole family for the last 15 years and nobody come to Christ. Well, guess what? Me and Pastor were talking over the dinner the other night and God gave Isaiah a proclamation that said, go and, to, go and preach that to all the people. And he said, well, Lord, how many people are going to get saved? He said, none. <laughs> well, how long do you want me to do it? Forever. Until the cities be utterly wasted. 
and the mountains fall into the sea, I want you to continue to do it. Now, we've got to finish and go to, go to our little group sessions, but I want to ask you a question. We've talked about what shall be the sign of thy coming into the world. Now, listen to me. Who was Jesus talking to in Matthew 24? Jews, all right? So the nation of Israel, okay? He was talking to Jews. Wasn't talking to Gentiles. He was speaking specifically in context to Jews. Now, listen, these signs that you just heard of, the signs that you just read, Jesus said would happen at His coming. Now, we know that we're going to be raptured. These signs that He's speaking of are going to be signs pointing to that event called the Revelation. Because He's speaking to the nation of Israel. He's speaking to Jews. We're going to be gone. But let me ask you something, young people. If what we've just read are signs at this, if what we have read are signs at this event right here, and we're going to be raptured here seven years before that, but yet we see the things that we've just read about are going to take place there, we can already see them going on now. How close can we be to that? How close can we be to the rapture of the church? I've, I've heard somebody say it this way. Instead of getting ready for the coming of Christ, why don't we stay ready for His coming? You don't listen. If, you have been, if you've gotten ready, now your proclamation is to stay ready. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I pray that you'd help us as your people, especially, Lord, as we go out in the bull ring, to remember, Lord, not only who we are, but whose we are. We're a child of a king. And, Lord, you said no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And, Lord, you said what we do today in giving out the gospel and just uh, the good news and shaking hands and just even just giving it as a gift you said your word would not return unto you void, but it would accomplish thereunto where it's sent. So, Lord, I pray that you would honor your word, you would magnify your name, but most importantly, that you would glorify your son. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word about the second coming. Lord, please help us to live in light of that return, the imminent return of our Savior, because if we see the events that we've read about today already taking place, and they're pointing to the revelation and glory, Lord, we have to be close to the rapture. Lord, I love you and I'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.